Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everybody, welcome to a new bonus episode of Undying Light. I am your host Alex, and as always on these bonus episodes, I am joined by a very special guest. And before I get to that guest, we've got a very special topic for you tonight, something that we don't usually do on this show, though that's kind of the premise of these bonus episodes. We try to do something different, unique, that's kind of out of the wheel well of what we've done previously in the show history. So, with that being said, I'm going to introduce my guest tonight, and I will hand the mic over to him. And, allow- and uh, my handle on Instagram is Elusive Vision. Uh, glad to be on the show, Alex. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely, no problem. And uh, you know, it's I, I, I'm just really, I, I just want to pick your brain just a little bit. How long have you been listening to the show? Uh, probably maybe approximately a year and a half, maybe two years. Gotcha. Cause I I've come across a few people really just recently that have, have told me they've listened to every episode from, from the beginning. And, and some of them obviously weren't there at the conception of the show, but they've gone back and listened to every episode in their time. And that blows my mind. And I know that you are, you're a huge supporter of this show you've done a lot in terms of contribution and you know support on your page and in your stories and so i can't thank you enough and one of the ways i can is having you pick a topic and come on the show and we talk about it and so in that uh what's the topic we're talking about so tonight's topic is going to be on seventh day adventist Wow, that you know that is an absolutely unique little group of people that are floating out there, and you know, early in the show we did some episodes on false teachers and some cults, I think, and then um, before Paul and I split, he was doing some 
small series on cults, but I don't think he ever got to this one. And I've never really had it in my mind to do a show on any particular cult or false religion. Uh, I've done some stuff in the eschatology series around, you know, uh, the pagan religions and things like that, uh, you know, and their views on the end of times. But this is something that's a little bit unique. And I think it would grasp the interest of some people because you could probably say without much knowledge of these individuals that they would probably come off as close to being Christian, right? Oh, yes. I. Uh... And I, I think that's where the misconception is. It's very much uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. Uh, yeah. It's where, you know, it's it's very well disguised. And like you just said, you know, like it comes off very close to being Christian. But there's still things about it that you have to say, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. You know, and, uh, and yeah. So I think you, you were hit it right on. And, and I think a lot of it, what we really tried to cultivate with Undying Light and uh, my page on Instagram is really a back to the basics move and taking us out of this massive high level theological premise and saying, okay, what are the basics that people need to know? And by doing so, we can look at some of these cults, highlight their, their missteps and where they are in fact false and alert people to it because there might be, people who have come out of seventh day adventist groups and are now reformed or they might have family members in these different churches things like that and i find it to be exceptionally important to obviously warn the sheep i mean we, we that's the premise of being in as a christian right is, is warning the sheep against false teaching and uh guiding them away from this type of uh, heresy, if you would. Cause, I mean, a lot of this stuff, as we were talking before the show, is just blatant heresy, right? Oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. It, and, and not to mention just the heresy, but, uh, you know, they're very legalistic uh, in essence, too. Uh, like, you know, we, we know we know that Christ died to atone for our sins and everything that. Uh, but on the other note, though, too, they're, they're very legalistic in the sense of uh like levitical law also hence it's the sabbath uh you know that's why they they call themselves seventh-day adventists so yes so uh i think we we've got you know kind of a a framework for a show that uh, you have uh put a, a lot of time into building some notes out and doing your research uh i personally am not ultra familiar with them. Uh, I just, I have not gotten to the premise in my walk where I can, you know, start to really investigate a lot of these cults because there's, there's a lot out there to be honest with you. And, but, but these guys are pretty, you know, I mean, these guys are relevant, right? They're, they're, they're not a small group. They're, they kind of have a good holding in society, Yeah, but I wanted to, you know, highlight, you know, you, you put in some good work here. And so we're going to go through this framework that you have set. And I think if depending on the show's timing, uh, I, I've got a couple of things else up my sleeve that we can talk about in regards to this kind of, uh, you know, religious, false religious and things like that. And 
you know, it's it, it definitely comes into light with what's really kind of current inside of the church and social media and things like that. So uh, I want to make sure that uh, we, we do spend our due diligence looking at this particular cult. But really, after a certain point, we'll just be beating the dead horse. So understood. there's only you know, there's only so much we can really say and really to present as evidence to people that uh, this is bad stay away from it so i'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to you and uh have you kind of introduce this topic and and kind of start us off and see where it leads us all right the seventh day adventist is a false religious cult that teaches that they are the only true church quote unquote where they condemn those who do not strictly adhere to observe Saturday as a Sabbath, and that those people will be lost if Christ finds them worshiping on a Sunday. The Seventh-day Adventist, also known as the SBA, was founded by Harim Edson, known for introducing the Sanctuary Doctrine of Investigative Judgment, Joseph Bates, an American seaman and revivalist minister, John Nevins, also known as J.N. Andrews, Adventist first missionary, James Springer White, also known as Elder White to the SDA congregation, and husband to Ellen G. White, and Ellen Gold White, the diabolical Seventh-day author, whose writings are held with high esteem, especially in regards to their doctrine of inspiration. These five people, who you will not meet in heaven, were the pioneers and followers of William Miller and the lunacy of Christ returning to earth in the 1840s. Due to, due to the misinterpretation of Daniel chapter 8 and later Hebrews chapter 8 as well. The genesis of Seventh-day Adventist spawns from William Miller, who was a New York farmer and a lay Baptist pastor. Considered theologically astute, Miller spent years studying prophetic scripture, particularly the prophecies in the book of Daniel. He became fixated on Daniel 8.14, where it states, For 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary shall be restored to its rightful state. From this verse, he, con he concluded that the second coming or advent of Jesus Christ would be approximately in the time frame of 1843 to 1844, which were claimed as predictions and proclamations during the time period of the second great American awakening in America in history. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hung up on a few of these pieces here, and, and I think you can attest to it as well, that just scream right in your face, like, Obviously, we know this is wrong. Now, I have heard of of Ellen White, uh, Ellen uh, Gold White, or however you pronounce his name, that author. I have heard some of his, read some of his work, and it is, it is awful. I mean, he is way out in the deep end on you know his interpretations of things. Well, it's actually a she. Uh, she. Yeah. 
I, is there wasn't there a guy that did some of that or is that uh yes uh and i believe that was hold on it was uh Her- harem edson harem edson because yeah, okay. he was uh he was known for introducing the sanctuary of doctrine. So him, him and uh, Ellen Gold uh, did some, uh, did some like writings together basically, but Ellen Gold would also go into these like trances. Right. And mm, mm-hmm. claim to have like visions from God. Ooh. Even though, even though like uh, she would claim to have visions from God and everything that, you know, it was like, she would have like these, like almost like passed out during like uh, church congregations as it's written, you know, or like, and so uh, there's some, there's some writings about her that say like she was accurate in her predictions, you know, like, like if something was about to happen or whatever, she would say it. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of uh, that. Uh, I don't know what you, what was her name uh, in the Bible where, uh, where she's talking to Paul uh, and, you know, she, she had like insight into the future until like, Paul cast out the demon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it reminded me of that. Uh, There's some really unusual characteristics about this. Right. And, and, and it might've been Ellen white and I, but I was thinking, like I said, uh, some reason one of the writers must've been male and it, it was that harem Edson guy. And, and like I said at the top of the show, I'm not very familiar with the people nor kind of the core of their beliefs. So this is, you know, as I was reading through some of this stuff to prepare, it's uh, trying to kind of get myself a good foundation in order to look at this topic in a, you know, in a non-biased position. But, you know, as you kind of highlight, it's their view is is stricken off of some uh, understandings of Daniel chapter eight, Hebrews chapter eight. And I find it always interesting how cults always are focused around the end of times. And it's always a tipping point that they either are successful with their, like, you know, building up of a brand, if you would, or they completely are destroyed because there's a lot of cults that have come and gone in time because they've you know predicted this date is going to be the end of the world and then it doesn't happen and then the cult just dissolves yeah whereas this one hasn't dissolved it's still going strong and you know it's kind of interesting that they bring up hebrews chapter 8 and i'm going to read that it's only it's only a handful of verses here yeah uh it's 13 verses entirety so this is uh, Jesus, high priest of a better covenant. And so we'll, we're going to look at these verses and we'll kind of talk about it real quick before we continue on. In Hebrews 8, verse 1, Now the point of what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the ma- majesty in heaven, a minister in a holy place, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect a tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. 
But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For in that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion for the second. For he finds with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, that I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, on that day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant. And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall not teach each other and they shall not teach each one his neighbor, each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. For the last, for the least of them is the greatest, for I will be merciful towards them in their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. And speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So if you're taking this out of context, it's very easy to do. Take this out of context. You use Daniel nine as a as a jumping off platform. I, you can say whatever you want. I mean, you can take any piece of scripture out of context and say whatever you want. Yeah. And that's that's what false teachings is, and it's crux. And that's what these you know cults really are good at. Is they're you know as you as you said that they interpreted that uh, Daniel eight fourteen for twenty three hundred evenings and mornings that this must mean something's going to happen here uh, around 1843 to 1844 that you know Christ is going to return yeah. well we're 100 and almost 200 years later you know we're 180 years later after as it's right now and nothing's happened yet yeah and uh that's that's the thing it's you know but here's an interesting, here's an interesting point though too, is that whenever this false religion first came out in the 1840s, right? Uh, yep. You also had you also had these preachers preaching hell down people's throats. Oh yeah. And yep. so so you know like, and people got scared. People were like, "I'm going to die. I'm going to go to hell." And you know, and yes, if you're if you don't, you know, choose God as your savior, your Lord. You know, and if they get, you know, uh, you know, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you know, and believe on in your heart that he died from the cross and was raised from the dead, you know, and he now he sits at, he was ascended to heaven and he sits at the right hand of God, you know, like you are saved because it's by believing, you know, John three is a good example of this, you know, uh, and for this stance, whatever preachers would go ahead and dive and, you know, just, that was pretty much their their Sunday sermon was just hell, hell, hell. So here you have a, a different religious person saying, well, no, God's going to come back and he's going to save his people. And people rejoice for that. And, you know, like, uh, you know, because love speaks, speaks boundaries, you know, like, and, you know, that's what you're kind of supposed to do, but you're supposed to warn people, hey, you don't change your life. You can't live this way, you know, like, and, right. Yep. Uh, you know, because it's all about, taking you across and following Christ, you know, daily. So, right. Well, and, and even still like this is, this came around during the hellfire and brimstone preaching 
uh, uh, the Mormons came around during this time period, Joseph Smith finding the golden tablets in the forest. And, you know, it's just, I, I can, I can see the need for it, right? Like yeah. if, if the society is having troubles with, uh, morality, um, and, and mortality and people are dying left and right, it does cause fear. And interestingly enough, before I jump into the notes here that we have, uh, I just dropped this episode on Friday and was talking about Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica and Paul's writing based upon this kind of similar fear because the church in Thessalonica is their people are dying and Christ hasn't returned yet. And so Paul writes as a comfort to them, telling them that, Hey, don't worry. Your dead will rise with Christ when he returns. And so don't have fear but have hope in Christ. And so it, it makes sense to play off of people's fears. I mean, that's really what false religions really do is they play off of fear and insecurity and uncertainty, ignorance, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah. And it, it's sick. Like that's, that's the only way you can really, what is it? It's, it's sick. You know, like yep. you, you should never play off people's emotions, you know, or that uh, kind of, stuff from that that is true so let's kick it off here and go some more uh it's, you've got now miller himself uh did not specify an exact time however many prominent members of the millerite movement did and when the advent did not occur and christ did not return the millerite movement splintered and this led to the period within millerism in the adventist history known as the great disappointment so before I continue, this is exactly what I was getting at is that anytime like a cult gets to like a fork in the road or basically a wall, it splits mm -hmm. and it either dissolves or fragments carry on. And then those fragments build up steam. And that's kind of what we're, we're getting ourselves into today. Yes. But nevertheless, these legalistic Sabbatarians seem to bounce back and initiated their belief in this shut door theology uh, where it was held that William Miller had given the final call for salvation and all who do not accept his message were lost and the door of salvation was shut. Hence the term shut door in turn. This belief was connected to the investigation judgment belief. This is so-called doctrine is the, is a pillar of the seventh day Adventism, which asserts that the divine judgment of professed Sabbatarians has been in progress since 1844. Now, in regards to investigative judgment, which follows after the great disappointment, and again, the uncalled and uh, the uncalled for twisting scripture this time in Hebrews 8:2, whereas Jesus, who is regarded as the high priest, is therefore representative of ministering earthly shadows while providing cleansing for human sins by the by the sacrificial shedding of his blood throughout heaven's realities in there and there Christ has been applying his blood since 1844 even though spoiler alert the true living Christ was crucified and resurrected in or around 8033 this is would make it approximately 1811 years from their so-called Christ to start atoning for their sins. And, and I like what you have here because it really is something to just laugh at. 
And I think I, I, we could probably spend like five hours on this little piece of truth here. <laughs> you could you could build a whole show around the fact that this is just blatant heresy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering the fact that they're they're taking Hebrews eight two, I'm going to read that again and bring it up on my screen. It says. A minister in the holy places in the true tent that the Lord set up, not for man. That's uh, verse two. And funny enough, they're trying to say that it was only at their understanding of time frame based upon uh, Daniel eight that this time frame now is taken to effect that in 1844 is when Christ actually established himself in the heavens. Yep. Yeah. So riddle me this, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> when Christ died in 8033, he took 11 or he took 1800 years to set up his throne in heaven. I mean, I mean I'm I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Like you you would have to be a complete moron. I I'm sorry. You know, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I'm sorry, but that's that's true. I mean, exactly what you said. From AD thirty three, you're crucified and in your resurrection. You know what did you do for those uh, one thousand eight hundred eleven years? You know, like that was he just you know sitting there chilling in uh, the ether space? You know, be like, okay, well, hold on, I'm I'm gonna come up there, and then and then on top of that, his his blood is still pouring out from since eighteen forty four. You know, like apparently there was like a plug in him to where he wasn't bleeding, you know, or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know this part of the religion uh, at all because it doesn't state it. Uh, the only thing that I do know is that, uh, and here's a good, good thing from, uh, I say good, but you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, so Ellen White, Ellen Gold White states, the Lord Jesus came to our world, not to reveal what a God could do, but what a man could do through faith in God's power to help him in every emergency. And for those who at least have some kind of acquired, uh, you know, scripture uh, or Bible memory, you know, Christ came into the world to save sinners. So mm -hmm. he, he, in order for him to atone for our sins, he would have to be sinless, which he was. And, right, you know, uh, which I'll let you, I'll let you dive into that right there, uh, because there's so much to go from that right there. Oh, absolutely, and and I think we can before we even get to that text, all we have to do is look at John nineteen thirty and and to the words that Christ says on the cross, it is finished, and that's like one of the staples to my my ministry is John nineteen thirty because. It leaves zero wiggle room for anything to happen in regards for the atonement of sin after the death of Christ. And, and it brings into this premise that either he did everything on the cross, mm -hmm. as he said he did, and scripture says he did, and all of our sin, past, present, and future for all of the elect from all time was poured out onto Christ on the cross, Yep. Or, as Paul states, it's all for nothing, and it's a bunch of it's it's we're just a bunch of fools for believing it. It, it, 
it, it's it's black and white here. It, there's no there's no well, he did a little bit and then he did a little bit more and then you have to do a little bit and then we're gonna wait eighteen hundred years to do some more. Now, look, I, I just moved from Illinois to Iowa in December, and it took me. Uh, we we packed up our apartment in one day. We moved across uh, to Iowa in one day, unpacked the truck the same night. And over the course of the next week or so, we got settled. Now, we're still doing some things here and there, painting some walls and, you know, sprucing things up and, and, you know, making it our own. But we've been unpacked, no boxes, not living out of anything. We've been living in this house for three months without problem. And and it just it, it's hilarious that these people believe that it has taken Jesus eighteen hundred years to set up his throne in heaven for him to actually start doing the work. Yeah. And it's look, I I, I pity people who get trapped into this stuff. Oh, exactly. Me too. And it and it breaks my heart. But I I. I don't know if I can necessarily pity the people who buy into this hook, line, and sinker and go full-fledged, like Scientology, right? Like, they're going to contribute their wealth into earning merit in within the religion itself. Yes. And so they build, you know, they, they move themselves up the chain. But in regards to Jesus not or Jesus uh, being a sinless, there's plenty of text. So we're going to call upon some of that. We're just going to kind of slap this right in the face of it, right? First Peter 2.22, who committed no sin? The who is Jesus, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, his being Jesus. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God, he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that he might become the righteous, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hebrews 4.15. They must have skipped Hebrews 4 when they got to 8. <laughs> For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things, yet without sin. They must have missed that verse. It might have fallen out of their Bible. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> are they yeah. cross it out probably like, uh, yeah. You know? Black marker it. Yeah. Oh, this doesn't belong here. Yeah. This, this doesn't work in my theology. <laughs> Scratch it out. Uh, Matthew 27, 24, when Pilate said, uh, Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting. He took water and washed his hands to the crowd saying, I am innocent in this man's blood. See to it yourselves. What Pilate is doing here is saying to the crowd, this man is innocent and I'm washing my hands of it and he's all yours. Pilate knew yep. that Jesus was innocent. And Look, I can, I can go on and on here. Oh yeah. But that, that's, you know, and uh, to, to highlight something, Adventism teaches that Christ had a simple nature. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I'm sorry, you, you just named, Several verses right there that say, no, he was sinless, you know, like, and again, it goes back to if you, if you had a simple nature, then he can never atone for our sins. 
clear as day. You know, it's it's just it's just that simple. So right. you know, uh and so that's that's the other thing. It goes back to to a repetitive stance going, What are you doing? Why are you teaching this? You know, and if you are learning this, learn the true God of the Bible, you know, and that's that's where it is right there is we, you know, people should be fixated, not from religious cults, not from religion itself, but from the true religion of Jesus Christ. Yep. That's it. So you've got, uh, some, some more notes and I've got some rounding thoughts as we, uh, continue trudging through this, uh, swamp, I feel of a cult here. And, and, and before I let you, take on these these last few paragraphs here i, I want to make something kind of clear to people um it's never my position to make fun of individual people or humiliate people embarrass them or anything because look there are plenty of people trapped in these cults that can be rescued out if they were shown the gospel of jesus christ and if they are truly god's elect they will come out of that at some point amen amen now, the same thing goes for false religions, uh, false gospels, the prosperity, the word of faith movement, all of these things. There are good and hopefully soon to be faithful Christ followers in those movements. They're just currently deceived. Yeah. And so as we tackle this, we, we do kind of come at it from a, a bit of a humorous standpoint because it does seem in the eyes of a Christian, it does seem like this is just it's almost insanity that this cult took, you know, the Christian basis and said, no, nah, this doesn't work well for us. So we're going to come up with our own thing. And it literally has no foundation in, in scripture. And, and the same thing kind of goes to Muslims too. Cause they, uh, they, they say, Oh, Jesus was a great prophet, but he's not God. And, and, but they use the Bible as as a as a book in their collection, they just disregard a lot of the New Testament because it counters what their faith is. And obviously, we know what you know that all the Old Testament doesn't point to Muhammad, it doesn't point to Joseph Smith, it doesn't point us to a group of guys in the eighteen hundreds that are going to cultivate this new religion. It doesn't point to aliens. And whatever Scientology believes, it points us to the one and only Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And and so the insanity of these cults can can they, you almost have to sometimes take them with a light, with a bit of humor because if you don't, it's going to eat away because there are so many people that buy into this stuff yep. and. If you were to go and preach to them, Jesus Christ, they will laugh at you for trying to show them something else than what they believe. So I'm just throwing that out there as a, as a precursor, <laughs> a little bit of warning. But, yeah, I mean, we're 35 minutes into the show at this point, so, I, you know, it's a little late, but whatever. It's better late than never. Um, but I really do want to stress the fact that uh, and, and I, I think we'll, we'll as we as I turn the mic back over to you. Um, I got some things I'll clarify at the end of the show in regards to cults and, and Seventh-day Adventists and things like that. But, uh, you know, there's a sense of urgency that should be placed upon Christians against every religion out there, false religion, cult or whatever you call it, 
and that is to preach the gospel. And yep. so I'm going to turn it back over to you before I continue ranting and uh, I'll uh, continue my thoughts as we go forward. Seventh-day Adventists do not celebrate Christmas or other religious festivals throughout the calendar year as holy feast established by God. The only period in time Adventists celebrate as holy is the weekly Sabbath from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. Seventh-day Adventists operate at least 43 printing plants around the world and in the last 130 years, they have published over $350 million of literature in at least 220 different languages. Their annual literature budget is over $35 million. In 1966, they testified that they had sent their correspondence follow-up literature to over 22 million people wow that's that's insane uh to continue some famous people who are proclaimed followers of sda uh are magic johnson the basketball player brian mcknight the singer ben carson uh buster rhymes little richard heavyweight boxing champion Archie Moore, and Doug Batchelor. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Doug Batchelor or not, uh, but he is the speaker slash president for Amazing Facts, which is an Adventist television ministry. And uh, and it's, it's quite interesting on Amazing Facts because I got lost into it for a little bit. And, you know, like, and I'm going to say this with, with a grain of salt, like, you, they don't teach like that. I've always fi- found Levitical law very interesting in that kind of standpoint and sense, right? But oh, yeah. uh, you know, like, I, like for me personally, I, I don't, I don't eat pork, but I'm not going to judge somebody who eats pork. I don't, eat, I don't eat shellfish or whatever. I'm, I'm very, I have like a, kind of like a Levitical diet, if you will. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I don't look down upon anybody who wants to do that. You know, like it's it's my own conviction. If I don't want to eat it, that's fine. I'm not going to say anything about anybody else. Uh, but but here's the thing, though, is I, I kind of got into them a little bit, and then I was like, okay, wait. And you, you could tell that there was strength. And this is the thing, though, is it's very indoctrinated, indoctrinated uh, with LNG whites because, like you said before, they, they take that black marker and they cross that you know cross that passages in the Bible. And uh, and they use a lot of LNG White writings within their mix of of establishing uh, a handshake, you know, to bring to the people. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's more it's more of a people pleaser than than anything else. And uh, from what I understand, also it was, uh, you know, they're they're very again legalistic, you know, to where yeah they they do the stuff and stuff like that, uh, you know. They, I mean, it took them, it took them uh, until 1844, you know, 1,811 years for, for Christ to atone for, for the sins of the, of the people. I mean, that's, that's something that you kind of have to question right there. And yeah. And, and 
I, I guess, you know, like you, you named off a couple of big celebrities and back in my heyday, I, I, and I hope, and I, I don't know if I could say hope, but I know some of you listening probably know who Buster Rhymes is. Um, you should know who Magic Johnson is. You should know who Ben Carson is and Little Richard and, you know, but a couple of these people, and there's, I'm sure there's probably many more that are prevalent or semi well-known things like that, but it, it's, I have to say this one thing and, and it's kind of alarming that those who are celebrities tend to often find themselves moving into a cult like religion. I don't know why. I don't know what draws them there. Obviously not all celebrities are Christians. We know that, but you know, you've got these guys in, in this group and then you've got like Tom Cruise and John Travolta uh, in in the Scientologist group, and you've got all sorts of of the celebrities either claiming to be atheist or agnostic, or falling into whatever camp would be most suitable to their viewpoint. But I think you said it right. It's like they they get their doctrine kind of from the Bible, but then kind of from these other guys who wrote some literature for them. And I'm just so alarmed here. I want to go over these numbers again. In the last 130 years, they have published over $350 million in literature and in, in, in 220 languages. Their annual budget is over $30 million for literature. And in 1966, they testified that they had sent correspondence, uh, follow-up literature to over 22 million people. This isn't a fringe movement. This isn't something that's, uh, you know, to be to, to just throw pebbles at and disregard. This is massive. Yep. That's a lot of money that we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, so, so kind of go on like a little, I, I guess, kind of like a little rant, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's well, here's one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to choose this topic is because my my wife uh, she started talking to her mom and her mom wanted to get this book and it was written by Ellen Gold White. I knew nothing about Ellen Gold White until like until I brought pretty much uh, the subject the subject up to you, right? So mm-hmm. so you know like uh, you know after doing some talking, you know I was like okay, I'm going to start doing some research, you know. And, you know, like the, so my wife went ahead and tried to order, order her mom this book. Right. And, then, uh, and so I'm like, what, is, what is this? You know, like, and so the, the lady on the phone was like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll send one to your mom. We'll send one to you. And we'll send one to your husband. I'm like, I don't want a book, you know, like, and I'm very, I'm very picky on my books, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so like, uh, you know, like John MacArthur. Yes, it's fine. You know, I, I have pretty much a whole bunch of like John MacArthur books and, uh, you know, and other books too, but I try to make them as biblically sound as possible or try to order them from the preacher, you know, who's biblically sound. Uh, sound. Right. Yep. Uh, but the number one book that I love to read is the Bible. And that that's the book that I try to grab the most out of any kind of, you know, uh, book on the shelf, if you will. Uh, so, so yeah, I went ahead and uh, just started after talking to you, I was like, no, we gotta find out it's more about this, this lady and her her clan and cult, if you will. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. So, 
and you know when i had originally invited you on and and suggested that it's whatever topic you want when you came back with it i was kind of like well that's different i you know i'm okay for it i'm definitely open to taking on cults and and false religions and things like that and warning my listeners because uh you know and look i know that a lot of you who listen to this show listen to many other shows and uh i think you would be amiss not to um because there's so much great content being published nowadays and there are shows that do uh, much deeper dives into the theology and writings and doctrine of these types of cults. Uh, Cultish is a great podcast show that does that kind of work. Um, and I would you know, advise you to always arm yourself with knowledge and now, you know, and, and arm yourself with this. The premise of, you know, just some of the basic stuff that's really out there so that way you can have these conversations with people uh, that you find out are in, you know, these particular cults or false religions and things like that. Because, you know, if you go in blind, they're going to run you over. And I'm going to probably say something that's pretty controversial and I'm not going to care because I think it's the truth. These people in the cults, whether it's Mormon, Muslim, uh, Seventh-day Adventist, whatever the cult, whatever the flavor, they know their content better than you know your Bible. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to go another step further. They probably know the Bible better than you do as well. Because they are extensively trained and how to approach people and to uh, recruit people because they're a cult. And so they have to be trained in what you believe. And it's good. I'm going to, I'm going to let that mic drop right there. Cause like (laughs) I, you know, I'm, I'm in seminary, I'm a pastor and, and there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that I, I, would probably call myself a novice on. And at the end of the day, what it boils down to is this, is that these people are very well trained, very well educated. They know scripture, but I'll, I'll also tell you this too. They probably don't know the entirety, but they know enough to counter your arguments. Exactly. Exactly. That's their, that's their training. Yeah. I. Uh... The people that come into mind right now, after you say after you say that, Jehovah's Witness for one. Oh yeah. And uh, the uh, religion of Islam, you know, yep. Muslims. Uh, you know, like that's they, as you said before, you know, like they they know the Bible. They have the Bible sitting on their shelf, whatever. The only thing they pretty much omit and they argue is Paul's writings and you know stuff like that. But right, you know, uh, it it's just. It's it's heartbreaking. That's honestly it's heartbreaking. Uh, yep. And to reflect on what you said before, you know, it's it's we have to have a firm foundation, you know. Uh, yep. And also, you know, like we we have to try to reach these people. You know, you know, we have to. It, it's it's not to make fun of the religious cults or anything like that. But it's also to keep in mind, hey, we should be prayerful towards our neighbor, towards our neighbors, 
and, mm-hmm. you know, like, and just praying for them, for them every day. And, you know, just talk to them, be friendly, you know, encourage them, you know, teach them, you know, and uh, be loving and show them Christ most of all, you know, and, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's, we, we have to show them Christ and that's it. You know, yep. we'll take care of the rest. That's it. That is true. And, and I was, that's kind of the direction that I wanted to kind of take the end of the show here um, is, is how can we be better prepared to engage the people trapped in these cults, those trapped in false religions, and how can we arm ourselves to uh, be able to answer them and give them true biblical uh, scripture, you know, with, with love and kindness? Mm. And I, I want to get your opinion before I kind of go off my soapbox. So in, in my opinion, uh, the honest way is there is no easy way, but you know, uh, it goes with showing them love out of love, showing them and walking with them and talking with them. Most of all people, people are, you know, they're so, afraid to talk and this goes for Christians as well but you know like if you talk to a person nine out of ten times they'll listen you know and especially if you pray about that situation or pray about talking to a certain person that you know like hey that person's lost you know pray to God God answers prayers just like that you know he yep. he, he doesn't he doesn't want one of his followers to fall away you know, uh, and, uh, you know, like, and I, I think, uh, and if I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember the verse. I think it's, uh, let's see, it's, uh, second Peter or first Peter three, nine, uh, for the Lord is not slow, uh, in his timing. You know, uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, like, uh, and you know, like as he wants every, every believer and follower to, to come to him, you know, uh, which, which goes to the elect, you know, and everything like that, because we who choose, sorry, God chooses us, you know, so we can go ahead and, you know, follow him and everything like that. We just go ahead and pick up a cross and follow him. Right. You know? Yep. And, and I think that's, you know, the, the best possible manner to do so. And, and look, these cults are very legalistic in nature. Um, they, they, uh, put on a, a show of discipline of righteousness that they're holy and at the end of the day they're not earning anything because they're serving a false god they're so serving an idol and and so for you to be equipped one you have to be armed with biblical truth and so you know i you don't have to be a scholar you don't have to go to seminary but but at least read the new testament a couple of times a year and 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 read some of these books more than a couple of times. Read the Gospels as often as you possibly can. Read Romans, Galatians, and Paul's letters to the church in Corinth, both of them. Read those like as as often as possible. And and look, I I, I stress that Christians should be armed with biblical truth and knowledge. And it doesn't matter whether you're going against a cult, you know, a person from a cult and they're trying to 
question your belief or they're trying to question your position in your faith or they're trying to show you maybe a better Jesus or whatever they're trying to do. Not only just this interaction, but in your daily life, being armed with scripture will will take you further than than not because you're you're clinging to the promise that Christ has given you in that he will sustain you. And so, you know, it's it's okay to dig into these cults and learn a little bit about them and to see how they kind of operate and it some of them are quite fascinating. They have some unique histories. So, I always advise to to do your homework and know what, you know, what is out there cuz you may not have a community that ha- doesn't have any Seventh Day Adventists in a big range around you. You may, in fact, be more, you know, kind of nestled in with some Jehovah Witnesses or Muslims or Hindus or Buddhists or whatever, you know, Roman Catholics. And so wherever you are and wherever God has placed you, you should be equipped to handle the disagreements from the other religions. And so I think that kind of covers this in a nutshell. Look, and and again, it's not, this is not extensive. I mean, we only went through, you know, 40 minutes worth of content here uh, and, and just kind of did a high level view of their, of their theology. I kind of want, you sent me a picture and I want to read off some of this here real quick. This is kind of some of their, some of their theology and, and I just want to kind of show you how crazy it can be in regards to salvation. Salvation by grace through faith, but maintained by commandment, keeping, and repentance. That's not found in the New Testament. Seventh day, uh, which is on a Saturday, Sabbath observation is the sign of the seal of God, not found in the New Testament. Sunday worship is the mark of the beast, not found in the New Testament. Satan is the scapegoat to be punished in the lake of fire for the sins of the saved. Uh, not found in the New Testament. <laughs> All right. Uh, in, in regards to death, humans have no immaterial spirit. So at death, the body goes into the ground and the breath goes to God. Not found in scripture anywhere. Nothing remains except God's memory. Not found in scripture at judgment. The lake of fire annihilates the wicked. Not found in scripture. Uh, In regards to Jesus, uh, Ellen White says, God the Father exalted Jesus to be his son. Well, that's not found in scripture because it's uh, God the Father begets his only son. Thus provoking Lucifer's jealousy at the war in heaven. Okay, so that's taken out of context in regards to the fall of Lucifer pulling out of Ezekiel. Jesus is our example to prove we can live sinlessly, not found in scripture. His sacrifice on the cross did not complete the atonement since 1844. That's what you were talking about. He has been applying his blood in heaven in an ongoing, quote unquote, investigative judgment after which he will return. Also identified as Michael, the archangel, most Adventist founders deny Jesus's deity. Uh, It's so painful. It is. It's it's utterly painful because people believe this stuff that because some guys wrote 
some books and then manipulated scripture, they can go out and, and put this garbage out on the table and, uh, and expect people to believe it without people doing their, their own research. That's why we, we call to do research. We advise you to be, you know, uh, to partake in this type of, you know, thing. That's why it's important to be in church and hear the scriptures preached and to read your Bible and to know what God is telling us. So I, I think we've beaten the horse. And uh, if you got nothing else to add, I think we should uh, go ahead and close the show out. What do you think? Uh, yeah, uh, I kind of would like to, to read that, that verse. If you're okay with it. Yeah. Nope, go for it. So Second uh, Peter 3, 9, uh, which is the one I was thinking about before. Yep. It states, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And uh, I mean, it's just one verse, but but it, how powerful is that verse though? Because, you know, oh, absolutely. It's, it's true. Like, you know, that's why it goes back to, we should pray for our neighbor, you know, and, and yep. teach Christ, you know, preach Christ. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that's all I wanted to add. So no, that was perfect and good way to end it. And I think again, we've, we've used scripture to counter the original beliefs of this cult. And so again, I advise people, if you know somebody in this, continue to preach to them the real authentic Jesus Christ. The Bible is proven to be more true than any book from iniquities. It is the word of God breathed in to the text. And that is, I mean, that's proof enough, but I mean, we can continue going down the line of textual criticism and showing you how true the Bible really is versus some random guys who jumped up in history and said, I'm going to start a new religion. Never follow somebody who says, I know when the world is going to end because it'll only lead you into some crazy cult just like these guys. So, you know, hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. And again, if you want people to find you, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my Instagram handle is elusive vision. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, just. Look for my name, uh, follow Undying Light. You'll see me on the thread there uh, and stuff like that. And, yep. uh, yeah, uh, there you go. That's pretty much where you'll find me. <laughs> and I, I, I do want to say, I think your page is private too, right? So people would have to send you friend requests if they want to follow you. Uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's private. I'll probably, probably unblock it here someday. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if you wanted uh, to, like, filter people or anything like that. I know some people I bring on are private for various reasons, but you post pretty good content. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I have to point people to, to others who are sharing the truth continuously. Yeah. So. Well, the only reason why it's not private, and it's going to sound probably stupid, but I started getting a lot of spam requests from, like. Oh, yeah. And so uh, yep. Anthony was like, man, I'll just put your profile in private. And so I kind of took his advice on that uh, and, <laughs> you know, because it was like, uh, I don't know. I was getting things. So I was like, OK, wait, why are you reaching me from, uh, you know, Gambia or whatever? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, uh, I, I need money for this. And I'm like, OK, you're spam, you know? And, yeah. Like, yeah. 
I get a lot of that too, unfortunately. And I just, I, I can just blo- you know, block and delete the text now. And it's uh, 99.99% of it is spam. And, uh, it's, it's sad. They're like, I, I have no money to, you know, feed my family this week, but I'm texting you on my iPhone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's warning sign. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are you on Instagram asking people for money? That's that right there. Red flag one one, ladies and gentlemen. If you get somebody asking you for money that uh is is literally begging you in the DMs for money, don't do it. It is fake and fraud and a scam. So oh, yeah. anyways, uh Reginald, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It has been a blessing to talk with you. I I so blessed that we made it to the 60 minute mark probably going to get down to 55 ish with some editing in there but i think the show was spot on and kind of an interesting little teaser in the midst of all the other bonus shows we've done so again thank you for joining me and uh we will talk to you guys friday for the conclusion of paul's eschatology thank you for having me and everyone tune in to undying light for the rest of the eschatology series must hear definitely uh and also if you uh if i can say this also uh alex yep. like uh you know for anybody interested in undying light join his patreon page it's it's oh. <laughs> uh, there's tons of content uh extra bonus content uh you will not be disappointed so uh that's where i want to add i appreciate the the throw in there and uh the shout out it's much appreciated so thanks for that guys we will see you guys on friday for the regular undying light episode god bless here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.